you, but I, I've been helped by this study in the book of Acts. Uh, I've learned a lot as went along as well. So uh, uh, Acts chapter number 8, verse 14 through verse number 19. And when you find your place there, just say amen tonight. I know it's Wednesday and some of you have worked and you're tired. Amen. So I know that. Uh, Acts chapter number 8, verse 14 through 19. The Bible said this, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now I want you to understand in verse number 16 what the Bible said. For as yet he, the Holy Ghost, was fallen upon none of them. All right? Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That'll make sense as we look. The Bible said, Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So not until they laid hands on them did they receive the Holy Ghost in the text. The Bible said, And when Simon saw that through laying on the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. We'll stop right there. But before we get started into our text tonight, uh, let's see what it is that leads up to all this. I hate to break back in and just go on full force without going over some things. So in our last study, we began looking at another man tonight uh, that we've come to in our text. And some of the people which we meet on our journey through the book of Acts tonight, we see there's some good men and then we see tonight there's some bad men, all right? And is that not the way that it is as we travel through this life as well? I mean, we meet good people, and then we meet uh, mean people, and then we just meet rude people sometimes, don't we? Amen? And that's just the way that it is. I mean, it don't take very long uh, before you... I'm not trying to meddle tonight, but it don't take very long before you're out there on the road and you might stick your finger up. You know how, you, how we do the fingers on the steering wheel? stick her finger up and, and give a, a southern wave, I guess you could say. But uh, And sometimes they look at you like, yeah. And I say, okay, I ain't waving at you next time I see your car going down the road. I've marked it. It's a white Ford with a Carolina tag, and I'm not waving at you no more. Amen. I'm just speaking. Uh, so, but that's the way it is as we travel through this life. But at any rate, the thing we've been looking at in our previous studies is we've been dealing tonight with this man named Philip who was a deacon, but this man had a call of God upon his life as we said in our last study here to go down to a place where no Jew would want to go. So it was this man named Philip tonight who went down to Samaria and he went to a people that looked hopeless and that looked helpless. But God had put it into his heart to go. And the place that we found all this was in Acts chapter 8 verses 9 through 10. We look in these verses, the Bible said, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery, and bewitched the people of Samaria, given out that himself was some great one to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. 
Now, it was as Philip is down here in Samaria in this place tonight that what he was doing there, he is sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's here tonight was a man that used sorcery and that used witchcraft. We talked about how the child of God should never associate themselves with a person that uh, uses witchcraft and does these things. Alright, the Bible's clear on that. And there are witches in our day and our time and it is real. Uh, I want to advise you this. I wouldn't go looking around for it a whole lot if I was you. But that, there it is. And uh, my mom was actually telling me a story about one that was up in Ash County at one time. And she met her because she was younger and she wanted to see if it's true. And it was true. The lady was a witch. She's passed away now. But if we really dug into all that, it'd probably scare us to death at just what goes around in these hollers tonight. But anyway, this guy meets a man named Simon. He's trying to mock everything that God is doing with this man named Philip. Now, Philip would do miracles at this time, all right, through the Holy Ghost of God, and Simon would try to perform the miracle. So so we read verse 9 through 10. Then we read verse 11. The Bible says, And to him they had regard to him, Simon, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorcery. So here was this man. He used his witchcraft on these people for a long time in our text. And the thing the devil was using this man for tonight was to take all the focus off of Jesus Christ and to put the focus upon this man named Simon the sorcerer tonight. That's what he was doing. Well, I'm glad the story don't stop there. So the thing the devil was doing, he's using this man to get folks to follow him instead of them following Christ. We see that. We read verse 12. The Bible said, But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Now, I want you to just hold on just a second. Now, you've got to understand in your Bible, this is so important. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, please listen. Just because they were baptized in our text, in this part of our text, does not mean they got the Holy Ghost yet. Okay, this was a different time period, not for today's age. Okay, so you have to remember that as we study our Bible. So the thing that we see tonight is no matter how hard the devil tried to stop the Word of God, though, the God and the gospel from getting out, it was the devil tonight who did not stand a chance. He, may I say to you tonight, the devil does not stand a chance in our day as well. And what I mean by that tonight is we know the devil's tricking many in our day to go down to the pit of hell. He is. But I'm glad that in our day and time as well, there's still yet good news. And the good news is still going out. And the devil's mad about and I'm pretty glad about it. Hey, friends, souls can still be saved. And there's nothing that he can do tonight about that. The gospel is going to go out tonight. Uh, and I'm telling you, friend, uh, he, is gonna, he is fighting a losing battle tonight. And we're on the done one side. But I'm glad the devil is a defeated foe. He might make a stumble, but he'll not win the fight. Ain't you glad of that? So we read verse 12. We read verse 13. The Bible said, Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now, if you were with us in our last study, we see this man named Simon the sorcerer. We know the Bible says he believed. 
But later on, the thing we're going to see is that he was a picture, I believe, of a, of a professor and not a possessor. What I mean by that is he professed that he was probably saved, but I just don't believe that he had it. May I say to you tonight, there's people sitting in church pews all across Tennessee, all across North Carolina tonight, who profess to be saved, but do not possess the Holy Ghost of God living in their soul. There's a difference. You can say it. I mean, Hitler said lots of things. They were lies. Folks believed it. Uh, one man made this statement. He said, uh, you can scream a lie long enough and you believe it yourself. We've got to be careful. Are you a possessor or just a professor? Are you saved or are you not? So I don't believe this man got saved. We'll look at that just a little while, Lord willing. But it was this man who was even baptized. Get all of this. He went on with Philip. But the thing he wondered at tonight was not Christ. He was looking at the miracles. He was looking at the things that he could see. He was going no deeper than scratching the surface tonight. So, But at the, at the same time, even though this man was doing that... It's as Philip went tonight that souls are being saved tonight for the glory of God. And may I say to you tonight, I know the crowd's slim tonight, but it's you and I that if we lay down and quit tonight, who knows who might not get saved that God was going to send this way. We can't quit. Amen. We cannot give up the fight tonight. Even though sometimes we might want to throw the towel in, we got to keep going, friend. So, we looked at all that. Let's get back in our study. Read again verse number 14. The Bible said this. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent of them Peter and John. So the word is now spreading that souls are being saved in this place that seemed hopeless. I mean, friend, nobody wanted to go to Samaria. But here's this man named Philip. God has sent this place and souls are now being saved. As we study our text tonight, I bet these Jews are excited tonight. These still Jews in our text. Now a group of people that at one time could not get along, now they can get along. Why, preacher? They received the same Spirit of God tonight, and it was, the, it was when this news spread, they're now going to appoint two men to go to Philip and to give him some help. So the thing we see happening tonight is a church is being planted in a place that seemed hopeless and helpless tonight. I wonder tonight, when Bill McGuire opened this church, is that right? I wonder when he looked on this church, if at times he thought it was helpless and hopeless. I really do. But tonight, here we are, I don't know how many years later, I have no idea. But I can tell you this, we've seen some souls though. And we've had good revivals here. I mean, the last one was a blessing to me. And I'm telling you what, friend, what if, we'd, what if he'd have just said, there was a place that's hopeless, and I'm just going to leave it alone. We would have never met tonight. That might be a blessing to some of you, but it's not great. I'm glad we met tonight. Ain't you? 
I'm glad for people that I'm going to get to spend my eternity with. I've got to meet you on this side because a man went to a place that looked hopeless and he opened the doors and here we are tonight. Friend, we can't quit. Another amazing thing about it all tonight is that these men that had been with Christ in Samaria, when He spoke about the harvest there, the harvest was so ripe, Jesus Christ would not even eat when talking about Samaria. Here's what Jesus said about the harvest in John chapter 4, verse 35 through 39. Say not ye, there yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Jesus said, Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And therein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. Jesus said, I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor, other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans, that's where they're at. Samaria. John 4 and 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on Him for the saying of the woman which testified He told me all that I ever did. We remember how Jesus sat down with a lady and He told her everything she ever did. And she went and she told everybody about this man in a place called Samaria now. And because of that, they believed. How about that? The harvest was ripe and ready. And friend, tonight, you and I, I, I me, sometimes I look around this area and I'll drive around and I'll say, you know what? I just don't know about the harvest. But can I tell you tonight, there is a harvest in Butler, Tennessee tonight. And it is ready. Folks are need to be saved. It's ready. And this summer be ready. You don't have to go. But we may hit some doors. I won't hit them too hard, but we may knock on some doors. Amen. There's people living all around, probably do not go to church. I see their cars in the driveway. When we come on Wednesday night, we come later than everybody else. So I've got an advantage already. I know who goes to church about it and who don't. When we come through, everybody else already in church. Amen. We're looking at doors, looking at houses. Amen. The harvest is right. Friend, they've seen God do mighty things here in our text. Now they're going to see what God can do in a hopeless land of Samaria. Uh, let's look at this. Verse 15 through 17. The Bible said, Who when they were come down, uh, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet He was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, uh, let's read 17. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now this is an interesting passage of Scripture. And the thing we see Peter and John do, they are praying for these new believers that they may receive the Holy Spirit of God in their life. Now, that's what they've done then. Okay? We don't have to come around and Lay hands and pray on people for them to receive the Holy Ghost of God today. Alright? We don't have to do that. That's what they had to do here in this age in our text. So, it's for this age. We don't have to do that because the very second that we repent of our sin and turn to Christ, God gives us the Holy Ghost of God. He's living in us the second we get saved. That's a blessing, ain't it? I'm glad I don't have to trust no man to come pray for me. Ain't you? 
So, friend, I want to say that again. It was in this time they would lay their hands on the people who believed so they would receive the Holy Ghost. It's not what we do in our day and in our time. We're not living in the apostolic age. We are living in the age of grace. There are different times in our Bible and I could go through all that. I'm not going to bore you with that. Just know there's separated times that only apply to that age and not the age of the church. All right. But the thing all this shows tonight is that first of all, they prayed in verse 15 for the first time in our Bible. We see fellowship between a people that had been long separated by religious prejudice and pride against one another tonight. And it's kind of the same thing that happens when a lost person gets saved. A person that one time may have been an enemy to the church, when they get saved, they'll love the church. That's the way it works. Brother Rick Hurley stepped foot in a church before he got saved. Now, we wouldn't think that Rick Hurley was me. We'd have never guessed. And he told me, he said, the day I got saved, he said, I come right up to the front and everybody's looking and shaking. He said, because he is the one that would deal drugs to everybody and everybody's kid in the neighborhood. They're scared. Here's this man, he come in, God broke his heart and he got saved and now he stands with a guitar singing, Mercy and Grace. Ain't that amazing? It's amazing to me what God can do. Friend, these two places are becoming one in our text tonight who were at one time in enmity with one another. It was the apostles that had destroyed their religious pride, their prejudice, all by praying for their new brethren in Christ. Why? So they can now be equal members in the body of Christ, the family of God called the church. The church is not a building tonight. The church is you and me that are saved and born again tonight, washed in the blood of Christ. Friend, the Samaritans destroyed their pride because they didn't fight with the apostles they accepted the blessing of the holy spirit of god now ain't that amazing what if philip said lord i'm not going to go these two people have been like the hatfield mccoys and now we're seeing in christ they're becoming one together they're going to spend eternity together these two are united in christ so are you and i that are saved i have never understood for the life of me listen i don't agree with all my brothers and sisters in christ do you but I tell you what, sometimes the Bible also tells us that our tongue's like a fire. And sometimes I just have to, I'm going to spend eternity with you, but I don't agree with you. You ever have to do that? The free will Baptist is a good example. Once you get saved, you can't lose your salvation. They believe you can, but guess what? They believe it all they want to. I'm going to see them in heaven if they got saved the first time. And the only time they need to get saved. But friend, these two are united in Christ. So we see they prayed, and in verse 17, we see they laid the hands on uh, the Samaritans' believers, and now they receive the Holy Ghost of God. Now even though we do uh, not lay hands on it, in this way in our day to receive the Holy Ghost of God, when a person gets ordained as a preacher, a pastor, or a deacon, then we lay hands on not for them to receive the Holy Ghost, but in order for us to say, hey, we're praying for you and we're pulling for you and we want to see you do well when we send you out. And we prayed for Brother Shane when he become a deacon here. If we ever have any more, so we'll do again. We lay hands on him to say, hey, we approve and we're praying for you. We got you back, in other words. So it's different in our text here than what it is today, all right? So it means tonight, but what it shows is that by laying on of hands in our text, it's a, it's a symbol of identification. 
So now, hold on with me. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying not to give you all the scripture. But if you'll remember with me in the Old Testament, the sinner would lay his hand on the sacrifice. Remember that. And what he was doing is he is identifying himself with that sacrifice in the Old Testament there. And so what would happen is at that time it was that animal would be slain. But as his hand is on the head of that animal, it is like he's been slain as well. And then he becomes a new man. All of that pictures Christ in the Word of God. All that pictures salvation. But it was like this. It was as if the offender had been slain. So what this shows us tonight is it shows by the apostles laying on their hands on these believers, it shows that Peter and John are now identifying themselves and the rest of the apostles and all the Jewish church with the Lord. What they're showing tonight is that they're showing there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism tonight and that they're agreed on that. And that's a great ending to a people that at one time were at strife with one another. Ain't it amazing what the blood of Christ can do? It's amazing. So that person was at one time strife with God maybe that got saved. There's no more strife. Our flesh gives us offense. But friend, once we get saved, we're at peace with God. It's a blessing to be saved. The Holy Spirit responds to this prayer all at once and all of a sudden tonight, the Samaritan believers received the Holy Ghost. What that shows tonight, it shows that God now puts His hand of approval on the spiritual oneness of these two in Christ. That happened in the book of Acts. It does not happen in our day. Now, there are a group of people tonight. I, I say this because I want you to understand. There's a group of people tonight that think that you can lay their, they think they can lay their hands on each other and they'll be able to speak in tongues. That's a mess. That's a mess. Alright? Don't fall for false doctrine. Alright? It's settled for these group of believers here though. And even though it was that way it happened then, it, it did not happen like that again anywhere else in the Bible. You know why? Because that's where it stopped. It's not anymore. So I know I've said this before. We've got to make sure that we keep each time period separate in our Bible. Or we'll get ourselves into a mess. It'll be a mess. You know what, char what, uh, what has caused a lot of church arguments? It's because one person has said, I want to take this and apply this to God's people when it was meant for somebody else. You cannot do that. It just won't work. One man told me one time, you can't fit a, a square, what was it? A square peg into a round hole. That's the truth. You can't do that. So, a lot of people try and do that. We have to be careful. And I want to say this. We do know they're at Pentecost. They received the Holy Ghost. They spoke in tongues. We don't do that today. Alright? If folks would rightly divide the Word of God, we wouldn't have the mess that we have in our day and our time. Friend, they'd be one church and the church would agree. But we can't rightly divide the Scripture. So, as far as the text goes, alright? When Peter and John laid hands on these Samaritans, it was then that they received the Holy Ghost. And this is the only time that this happened in our Bible. It lets us know that that's not the way that it's happened in our day in time. The thing we can see is we can see what a miracle is taking place in our Bible tonight. Now let's read verse 18 through 19. I'm going to hush. So the Bible said this. If I can find it. And when Simon saw that through laying on the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. 
saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, excuse me, he may receive the Holy Ghost. It's here in our text. We see the beginning of why I cannot say that Simon the sorcerer got saved. And this will all unfold a moment. If you think he was saved, that's not going to change a thing in our text. We can agree to disagree on some things in the Bible. I, I, I don't know. This is how I feel. I don't believe he is saved. You say, preacher, I believe he's saved. That's fine. He could be a backslidden Christian. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter. Uh, I believe sometimes... I don't know why I'm saying all this. I believe sometimes we argue over things that don't make a hill of beans any, either way. Amen, we really do. Uh, and that just all boils down to pride. But at any rate, okay, I, I'm going to say that he was lost. You can say that he's saved. But at any rate tonight, here's this man. He wants power so bad, he's willing to buy this power to give the people the Holy Ghost of God. And what this shows me tonight, it shows how ignorant that this man was the Holy Ghost of God. It shows us that now this man is insulting God, I believe, because we know tonight that our God can't be bought. He already owns it. Oh, you can can't buy God tonight. You can't outgive God either. That's another message for another day. So Simon was a man who only thought about what he could gain. He wanted to have all the fame placed upon himself. This man wanted to have more influence with the, uh, with the people. I believe tonight that if he was truly saved, he would have known the Holy Ghost of God couldn't have been bought. Surely to goodness. Now you don't have to believe that. That's fine. Alright, God gave you and I tonight. This is good news for you and I. Why, preacher? God gave you and I that are saved the Holy Ghost of God. And I'm telling you what, it didn't cost me a dime. Did it cost you anything? It didn't cost me a dime. Friend, listen, the only way the Holy Ghost was given was because of the fact the price has been paid for us on Calvary. Jesus Christ paid the sin debt for us when He went to Calvary and He died on the cross. He paid the price we can never pay. Simon did not know tonight the Holy Ghost of God abides and dwells in a person's heart when a person gets saved. It was Simon in our text tonight who wanted the power of the Holy Spirit in order to exalt himself and to get gain for himself. And we know that there are many of our day tonight who use the name of God only to get gain for themselves and that's not the way it works. There's a lot of folk like that. Joe Osteen is one of them. Amen. I'm sorry if you like him. Don't fall out with me. But that's just the way it is. There are many who use the name of God to only get what they can gain from. And it's sad. But I sure am glad the Holy Ghost can't be bought. Because something that can be bought for money can be sold for money. Amen. It can be sold. The gift of God that is in us tonight, the gift of the Holy Ghost of God, it cannot be bought, it cannot be given away. And if you're saved and born again tonight, the Bible said we are sealed until the day of redemption. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. I'm glad tonight nobody can take away what God has given unto us that are saved. And with that being said tonight, I'm glad that God will never take away our salvation I'm glad we can't lose it tonight I didn't have to buy it he bought it for me he paid the price it's sealed it's settled it's done tonight ain't you glad friend that even when you don't feel saved you're still saved I'm telling you tonight it's good to be saved oh friend we didn't deserve it 
And He gave it anyway. We can't walk out of God's hand. The Bible said that He meted all the waters of the earth in His hand. Tell me how in the world you're going to walk out of that. Ain't going to. He's held it all. Every tear we've cried. Every single bit of water that's out there. We went on a cruise and, and I was scared just about when my wife was, she was in, in, the, in the room there and I was standing outside and it was dark and I was holding on to the rail. Man, I had to fall out here. Look, all I could see is water for miles. He's held that in the palm of his hand. Hey, friend, how can we walk out of that? We can't. Hallelujah, I'm glad, ain't you? John 10 and 28 says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Friend, I'm glad that what we have tonight, money can't buy. And I know there are many who are waiting to open Christmas gifts on Sunday morning, but it's you and I that are saved. We've got the best gift tonight that can ever be received. Hey, the Bible said in Romans 6 and 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hey, I'm t- Telling you what, what a Christmas gift that God give unto us, hey friend. It's not one that we take back to the store and say, "Well, we don't really like this one, but don't let nobody know." Y'all ever done that? Anyway, if we don't have to take it back to the store and say, "Lord, I don't believe I like this one," hey friend, no, huh? I, it's with me the rest of my life. I don't want it to go anywhere. It's been paid for. Hey, it's mine forever and ever and ever. It'll like a 17 year old I'm glad I'm saved friend if you're saved tonight I'm glad you're saved amen and I'm glad we've got the greatest gift tonight ever been brought to man and one of these days we're going to see the fullness of the gift could you imagine on Christmas day somebody giving you half a gift my stepdad used to do that to me I'd get some money he used to buy me a, a video game. I like video games and I was little all that against me. And here I'd open up a controller. And I'd look at it and roll my eyes. And then I'd open up a pack of batteries. And now we do it. And I'd look, I'd look at him and just roll my eyes. So you look at this. We've been given the whole thing. But we can't see it all yet. Oh, Friend, listen to this. The Bible said in 1 John 3 and 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Amen. The Bible said, But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. We have eternal life. But I'm telling you, I don't even know what awaits us in heaven tonight. My mind can't contain it. If it could, my flesh, if I saw it, my flesh would probably explode, Brother David. But I'm telling you tonight, I'm excited. Uh, Just as excited tonight as the first day I got saved. Just to wait and see what He's got in store for us on the other side. It's better than anything down here. What a gift. Guess you could preach on the gift that never stops giving. Hey Amen. He never stops giving, does he? We've got eternal life. I don't know what awaits in heaven. But I know, friend, when our faith we have placed in Christ all comes to pass, 
What a day it's going to be. You know, on this side of eternity, salvation is the best thing ever happened to me. But oh, on the other side, that salvation will still be the best thing ever happened to me. I just think about tonight, lost loved ones, ones that went on before, what they're doing up there. You ever get to wondering about it? I know some, I guarantee you, they're still eating. <laughs> and you know what? One day I just want to eat with them. And I'm telling you what, friend, one day I'm going to see Christ. And I believe when we get there, just going to shout at His feet for a little while. It just keeps giving. Well, it don't get no better than that, does it? Thank God for the gift given unto us tonight. It just keeps giving. What a gift we have. What a gift we have. I wish all would get it, don't you? And I think I'll end on this high note of just how good it is to be saved. I don't even have the words to say. I could say, I could stand here and use all kinds of words and it would never ever touch how great heaven's going to be. Never ever could touch it. This I know tonight because I'm saved. Through Christ, I'm not what I used to be. And I don't have to worry where I'll go. When I lay my head on my pillow at night, if I don't wake up, if you're at my funeral next week, shout her out. Amen. Don't wait for me. Amen. And I'll meet you on the other side. Friend, just when we thought it couldn't get any better, then to have peace which passeth all understanding. To know the God tonight who can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think tonight. And He has done that. It's going to get better because on one of these days coming soon, He's going to do more for us than what I've mentioned. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. I can't contain in my mind what awaits. But I sure can think about it. Boy, we're going to be with Him. Money can never buy what we have. It can never be sold. And it can never be lost. Hey, just as safe today as I was on October 1st of 2012. And I'll be just as saved when I take my heavenly flight. Hey, Amen. Let's all stand with our eye, heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight. I know we can't see it right now, but I'm glad one day we surely will.